0: Amen. Thanks, Josh. Right, okay, so... Okay, some of you have taken your selfies this morning. Did we have some come through today? we had some particularly beautiful selfies this morning on the hashtag PHCC paparazzi? See, so, yeah, Chris hasn't yet, because... he wasn't. Do you want to take a photo of yourself just so we can all see how beautiful you are, Chris? we just look at him. He says, just look at him and you'll see how beautiful he is. Anyway, right, so, paparazzi... Okay, the the little strap line that goes. Who can't take Grace Bullock taking them sideways? There we go. Excellent. All right, a few of your little photos. Um, We're going to be doing this study on the Book of James. If you have a Bible, um, whether it is uh, a paper version like this, just wave it at me. No, no. That's not your Bible. If you have an electronic copy of the Bible, just wave it, right? If you have either of those things, it would be helpful for you to turn to the book of James and chapter one. We're going to be looking at this idea of living our our faith in a world where everybody is watching. Now, um, paparazzi—kind of—it's a term that kind of celebrities hate. They get followed everywhere and they have photos taken of them all the time. I think it's a shame in a little way I wouldn't want to be a celebrity if I could be a celebrity I would be one of the other guys in Coldplay that's not Chris Martin because nobody knows who they are and I imagine they can go to Tesco just completely on their own and nobody pays a blind bit of notice to them but if you're Chris Martin or somebody else you go everywhere and everybody takes a photo of you all the time and you've all seen those photographs that they put in where celebrities come out of a a club or a bar and uh, they look like they're completely Sozzled, and then the headline is "celebrity drunk in disgrace" and whatever. Anybody knows who's ever tried to take a photograph of their child that they come out looking drunk anyway. All right, because if you happen to catch someone at the moment when their eyes are half open, okay, it doesn't look good. All right, okay, so they always try and catch you at your worst moments. Um, I'm sure you've had photos of you where it looks terrible and you say, no, 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 don't you dare. Hashtag that, PHCC paparazzi, so everybody can see it. Right? Don't you dare put that on Facebook. The number of times uh, Beck Smart has told me, don't you dare put that on Facebook. Right, okay. It, yeah, it's a lot of times. Right, but paparazzi—they go out there, they take photos. These celebrities—they kind of everywhere they go and everything they do—they're watched, and people are seeing it, and people are making judgment calls on what they're doing, and people are pointing out the worst possible things. They don't tend to quite so much put on. Oh, here's a photo of this celebrity looking lovely and sprightly and refreshed when they come from a meal out. They always like the ones where it looks really dodgy, and they can make a story out of it. So, as Christians, sometimes we we live our lives a little bit in the spotlight. So, we want to look at this idea. How is it we're going to live our lives out if the whole world is watching? Turn to the person next to you and say, the world is watching. Okay. Right. So, let me tell you a little bit about the book of James. It is written by a guy, surprise, surprise, called... James, well done. James is the brother of Jesus. He was a leader in the early church, and it starts a little bit like a letter because he addresses it to people, but then it kind of goes on to just be kind of like a book of like wise sayings. It's a little bit kind of like the kind of whole Proverbs uh, kind of thing, and he just tells us a load of stuff. It's kind of a load of life hacks for living out your life as a Christian. So we're going to take this idea... And we're going to look at the things that James tells us in this book. It's only short. Okay, each of the five weeks that we're going to be doing this, we're going to cover one chapter. So if you want to be like that kid in the class who has always done their homework ahead of time, okay, you can read uh, those chapters. Um, It's fairly easy. Week one, chapter one. Okay, week two, chapter two. Week three. Come on, guys, go with me. Chapter three. Week four, chapter four. I give up. Just read the whole book, all right? Okay, read the whole book, and then you'll be ahead. It's a really short uh, book, and it is well worth reading. I myself have had one experience which was a little bit like uh, kind of being... In a place where the paparazzi are watching everything you do, Um, some of you know uh, Ruth's dad has um, probably more money than he knows what to do with it. Okay, all right, okay. He um, he could give it to me. That would be one thing he could do with it. No, Um, he doesn't. Um, But he had this wonderful house on an island in the Lake District. He was renting it from the National Trust. Uh, it was this incredible, incredible place on Derwent Water. Um, sometimes we had the terrible, terrible hardship of having to go and house sit for him okay, when he was going away he normally used to coincide this with when the National Trust had one of their three open days in the year, okay? Um, in the, in those times, they, they kind of come in and they show people around certain parts of the house, certain parts, the library, because everybody has a library in their house, don't they? And you could go around the library, you could go around the dining room, which um, if you, basically, it, you couldn't pass the salt to someone on the other side of the dining table. It was far too far. Hello, Elias. Um, We went up there with a bunch of friends, and we thought, it'll be fine. They obviously don't like it, but we can deal with this. So we were were in the sitting room of the house, and we were watching the cricket, I think it was. And people started arriving onto the island on these boats, and they're coming over. And then people started coming up to the windows. We were sitting in. They couldn't come into the room where we were, and we could hear them outside. And then you saw people coming up to the windows and just going. So I'm looking here. There's people in there. They're watching the telly. Come and have a look. And there's people kind of looking in the windows like they're saying, mm-hmm. Look, they're here. Those people, they're here. And then eventually we got fed up of getting looked at, so we thought, I know what, we're just going to go. And if you're on an island, you have access to a boat, so we, we got in a boat, uh, and we went down to the boathouse. and as we pulled out in the boat, one of the National Trust launches was pulling up with a bunch of tourists. Uh, amongst them, and I'm not stereotyping, were a bunch of Japanese tourists, every one of them with a camera. And as we reversed the boat... Out of the boathouse, they started taking photos. These are the people who live on the island, except in Japanese, probably, right? And they were taking loads of photos. And it was kind of like the flashes going off, and we're coming out, and um, we had that feeling that like we were being watched by. The paparazzi and we couldn't do anything without people taking photos of us. I I love to think that in somebody's holiday photo album they've got these photos, these are the people who live at the house, no we don't, we're just house sitting. But we we went off and we thought it's all right, we'll go off on a journey down the lake, we'll visit one of the other islands where there's no houses on, we'll come out, we'll have a bit of a swim, some of us have got our wetsuits and then we thought they'll be gone they'll all be gone, they'll go home, they're not gonna stay there all day. We came back up to the island and as we came up, you could see down what was called the South Lawn and it was just covered in people sitting on checkered picnic uh, baskets, blankets, with their baskets out, with their champagne, with their um, scones, with their cream teas, just eating and sitting there and lounging around. We thought, if we're gonna get photographed, let's make a scene of it. So I can't remember who was on the boat with me. You were on the boat, but you didn't do this, I don't think. right? Um, Chris, were you on the boat? No? Don't remember. right? But a bunch of us dived off. Andy was definitely on. We were in wetsuits. As we came past the bottom of the island, on the boat, we dove off into the water like James Bond, um, emerged up the shore... And walked casually, dripping wet in our wetsuits, around the people and their cream teas, up to the front door and went in. Well, everything just stopped and they looked at us. That was my paparazzi moment. That was my moment where everybody was watching to see what I was going to do. So we thought we'd make a show for them. Turn to the person next to you say, the world is watching. Excellent. There you go. Right. Verse 1 of James, okay, this is where it looks like a letter because James uh, addresses it out to people. He says, well, he tells us who he is first. He says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. All right, James says hi, and he says hi to the people who are scattered out. Okay, the people of the 12 tribes, the people of Israel, they're scattered out among the nations. Let me tell you the first thing that it tells us is that those people scattered out are in the minority. They might have people looking at them because they're in the minority. As Christians uh, in this country, okay, we are definitely in the minority, Okay, our church is growing, other churches are growing, some churches are shrinking, okay, but we're still in the minority, so this is relevant to us today. He goes on in James 1, 2 to 4, he says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds i don't know about you but my first reaction when i get into some kind of trouble or face some kind of trial is not automatically to consider it pure joy okay i tend to go Argh! all right that's not an expression of pure joy um but there's something that kind of really springs to mind when I, when I read this verse, and it was shared uh, quite a lot um, with us over last summer. Most of you know, uh, some of us, myself included, were away at uh, Soul Survivor, um, and we got a call to say the church had been broken into. Um, they'd managed to kind of somehow bypass the alarm system, help themselves to whatever they wanted out of the office, take all the Macs, take all the computers, mess a load of stuff up, smash a load of stuff up, uh, and cause loads of problems. They'd smashed one of those big windows on the side of the community hub. And then as the summer went on, it just kept happening. And in total, we had five break-ins and one arson on that big tree that we've since had to cut down. I didn't feel pure joy when I heard about that break-in. I was annoyed. And if I'm honest, I kind of was a bit angry with God and I kind of had one of those kind of angry like prayers that David has in Psalms and said, God, what are you doing this for? Are we not not trying to serve you? Why are you letting this happen? And I was a bit frustrated and then I kind of came around and thought, hey, you know, we'll deal with this. We'll sort it out when we get back. And then we had another break-in. And another break-in. And another break-in. And by the time it got to the last break-ins, I just kind of was like, hey, whatever. Do you know what? I'm actually going to take this as an encouragement. People started talking to us, people from other churches and other friends we got, and some of the guys at Soul Survivor and the leadership team there were praying for us. And... Um, and they were saying, do you know what? If, if you're being targeted this badly, then you're a danger to the devil and his plans and, and, um, and you guys are doing something right. Keep going. Take it as encouragement. Eventually, we did that. And it's a little bit like that process. Um, you know, if you go to the gym, uh, if you lift weights, if you exercise there's a process boy where what you're actually doing is tearing muscle fiber when you do in those weights and then as it grows back they come back stronger and that's how we build muscle and it it feels a little bit like that for us this perseverance is finishing its work so that we may be mature and complete not lacking Anything. Do you know what? I was just kind of looking through uh, this talk uh, last night and on the back, in the background, i would got the football on and uh, the, the commentator said this about this one guy who was getting kicked to bits. He said, he's a marked man, but as painful as that might be, he needs to take it as a compliment. And it's that same point. Okay, this guy was getting kicked to bits and the reason people were kicking him to bits because he was dangerous. He was a dangerous player to the opposition. Okay, the world is watching. Testing grows perseverance in us. We can keep going. We can grow strength. We can build spiritual muscle. So James has told us that. He finishes, he says, so that perseverance may finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, you might look at me uh, this morning and you might be thinking, but John, I feel like I'm lacking something. John, I don't feel like I've, I've grown in that way so that I'm mature and, and complete and not lacking anything. Well, let me give you a bit of encouragement because James goes on in verse 5. He says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. Okay, ask And you will receive. You've heard that before. If you feel like you're lacking, if you feel like you're lacking in something, it's wisdom in this case, but if you feel like you're lacking in something that you need to be the person God's calling you to be, then ask Him. Ask Him because He gives and He gives generously and He doesn't find the faults with you and He doesn't say, You can't have this because you're no good at this. All right, God says, I will give you these gifts. If you need wisdom, ask for wisdom. I'm going to skip a few verses and we're going to look at James 1, verse 9. It says this. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. You might be thinking this guy is a lunatic. All right, okay. What is he on about? You think he's a lunatic. All right? should take pride in their high position if they're in humble circumstances. Do you know what? This kind of speaks of this whole upside-down logic of the kingdom of God. Okay, this idea of the first shall be last. All these kind of things where where Jesus says people are blessed and you kind of think, well, are they blessed in that? Do you know what? If we find ourselves in humble positions, okay, we ought to take pride in the fact that we can grow through it. We can be built up. We can be changed and molded into the people God wants us to be when we find ourselves in humble circumstances because it's a kingdom vision rather than an earthly view. In one twelve, James says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. They're going to receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Do you know what? our prize is not necessarily going to be on earth. Okay, You might find and you might hear it preached that if you follow what God wants for you, you're going to have a comfortable life. You're going to have a financial blessing on your life. If you give to God, then he will give back more than you give. I want to tell you now, I don't believe that's true. I believe we give out of sacrifice and sometimes God chooses to bless us and God is always looking out for us and God's never going to let us down but God never says, I'm going to be your heavenly banker and just bankroll everything you want to do. It's not some kind of pyramid scheme where we give to God and he gives back more than we gave in. It's not some kind of investment scheme otherwise the church bank accounts would be a lot better off than they are if, if that was what was happening. Okay, but we give at of sacrifice. But we promised this gift, this crown of life, this salvation, this eternal, eternal benefit of being with God. That's what comes at the end of it. So if you're suffering, if you're going through hard times, do you know what? God has got something amazing for you at the end of this journey. It's promised to us that love him. We show our love when we worship, when we praise him, when we make sacrifices for his kingdom. Okay, James 1, 13 to 15. It says this, there's no messing when he he says this. It says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire is conceived... It gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Okay, so James isn't messing about. We can't blame God when we're tempted. Okay, God doesn't tempt us. Sometimes the devil tempts us, but he uses those things that we get dragged away by. There's a part of us as humans that is broken and that is messed up and that goes towards the things that are no good for us. Things that seem uh, pleasurable in the short term uh, and they lead to sin. And sin, he says, gives birth to death. Okay, it gives birth to that separation from God. Okay, we can't kind of pull any punches When the world is watching everything that we do. Let me tell you, my friends at school, when they knew that I was a Christian, were always trying to make me swear, were always trying to make me do something that that they knew I shouldn't do. It was as if it was some special target. They were looking at me to mess up. They were looking at me to do something that, that went against What I believe, the world is watching us as Christians. And when we fall into temptation, let me tell you, it's a really tough truth. There is no one else to blame. Do you know what? The things that we uh, put in front of ourselves, the situations we find ourselves in, the things that we watch, the things that we listen to, the things that we put value in, All these things can lead to temptation, to bring us into sinning, to bring us to doing things that separate us from God, that put a barrier in between us, that mess up God's plan for our lives. And we have to take responsibility for these things. Let me tell you, when a weed starts growing, it's a lot easier to take out of the ground than a weed that has rooted, that has grown in. That has grown strong. That the roots have grown deep. I don't know if you've ever tried to take out um, that I think it's called I think it's called morning glory. This weed, and it creeps, and it has these big white uh, trumpet flowers on it. And every time a little tiny bit of the root breaks off in the ground, it just comes back and it comes back thicker. If you see a small amount of it, take it out. We have a problem at church with Budlia, Okay. It's wonderfully attractive to butterflies. It is also wonderfully adept at growing on the church roof. All right, okay? All right. But when we see little ones of it sticking out of a bit of mortar, we pull them out. We don't wait till they get really big. We at some point have got to put Josh in a crane above the church uh, to chop one out that's growing on the roof. That's going to be a lot of fun and a little bit like um, the pool party and um, the bowling. You can buy tickets to watch Josh go up. No, you can't, but you can come and watch him if you want. Um, but we need to get rid of these things at the root when we see that we're starting to be tempted to fall into something that is not what God wants for us that's the point where we nip it in the bud all right sometimes different things can can cause temptations and, and problems for people, addictions and things like that. We can be addicted to things that aren't necessarily intrinsically bad for us, but you can get addicted to watching TV you can get addicted uh, to Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Okay, that is probably quite bad for you if you get addicted to Ben and Jerry's ice cream. We can get addicted to so many things and we can fall into temptation with so many things, but if we can see it right at the start and cut it out, then we're going to do a lot better on this walk. You see, if the world is watching everything that we do, what do we want our story to say? Turn to the person next to you and say, what do you want your story to say? Okay. Another bit of wisdom from, from James then in James 1, 19 to 21. And this is some advice that if we take this, our story is going to read well, it's going to view well. It says this, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. All right take note of this so if you're taking notes James says take note of it all right everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you all right three things Three little life hacks that that James is giving us here for living as a Christian. The first one be quick to listen. Be quick to listen. I don't know about you, uh, but um, I sometimes struggle and forget to listen to what I'm being told. All right. I see it in Noah. All right. I'm talking to him. Uh, and I see it because it's like kind of holding a mirror up to myself uh, sometimes. Uh, and I'm talking to Noah, and I can see that Noah's not really paying full attention to what I'm saying. He's thinking about what he is going to reply before I have finished. Right? He's not quick to listen. He's quick to formulate a response. And I think, to be honest, a lot of us are like that. Someone starts speaking to us, especially if it's something we don't really want to hear. we're not really listening, we're thinking about how we're going to come back. This next one helps out with that. So if we've been quick to listen, we should be slow to speak. By that, I don't mean speak slowly. All right, I mean we should be slow to speak. We should consider what we're going to say before we say it, Do you know what? Sometimes I say things and they're out of my mouth before I've even kind of formulated in my head what it means. Let's be slow to speak. Let's consider what we're going to say. And let's be slow to be angry. But no, James doesn't say don't get angry. Because there are some things in this world that we need to get angry about. And we need to get angry about injustice, and we need to get angry about so many things that are going on in the world, but be slow to become angry. Don't just flash on something and go mental. Be slow to become angry. If you have a problem with flash anger or talk to someone about it. You can come and talk to me about it. I used to do behavior management with people in prisons and stuff like that. So if you have an issue with anger, please find someone who's going to help out. But if we can be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, then our story is going to read well while the world is watching. Do you know what? As Christians, it's important that we do more than just listen to and study the Bible. We have to apply its words to our life. Verses 22 to 24 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. He looks in the mirror and then immediately forgets what he looks like. So he, he might look in there to do his hair and then goes away and forgets where his hair is. All right, okay. All right. I have a friend. I won't tell you her name, but it sounds a little bit like Bailey Hall. Right, okay. And she um, uses a sat-nav in her car. Uh, and when it says turn right, she often thinks... No, I don't think it's right. I will go left. This person can end up in different counties from the address that um, she has put in her sat-nav. Um, this person can like, end up like half an hour out of her way uh, by consistently ignoring what the sat-nav says. Okay? Let's not be people who ignore everything. Hayley, I love your driving. Um, let's not be people who who read the word and then immediately turn around and forget what it was about. Let's not hear from God. Let's not hear something that should be life-changing to us and should embed deep down in the core of who we are and then just turn around and leave it. It says, verse 25, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. If Haley listens to where the sat-nav is taking care, she will get there. Okay. If we listen to the word, if we listen to what God is saying to us, okay, we're going to be blessed in what we do. Do you know what? I want to really encourage you. James has already said it to you. Okay, he said, take note. Right over uh, at the community hub, we have a bunch of PHCC notebooks. If you've ever had a welcome pack, you'll have had one in there, right? Okay. Today and today only, if you go over there and you haven't got one and you want one, right? And you're going to use it to take notes in church. Okay. I'm not just bigging up myself, but when people say things and something speaks to you, and God speaks through someone at the front. Write it down, have it there, hold it there. Maybe write in your Bible. I've got this, uh, this Bible that's um, got space for me to write stuff in the margins. And it is really, really helpful for me to be able to look back. If you want to be able to get hold of one of those, uh, we can try and get one of those through the bookshop for you if you wanted it. But let me encourage you to take notes, write stuff down, whether you do it in notes on your phone or you do it in a physical form. Right, if God's speaking to you through something, uh, I don't know about you, but when, when I was at university and college and those kind of things, uh, I wasn't very good at studying. I was far better at partying and going to the beach. Right? But when I did study, I didn't just read things or hear things once. I needed to hear them a couple of times. I needed to look at them again before they stuck and they stayed in my brain. So when I sat down in an exam, I could actually know without it there in front of me what was said what I needed to know. So take some notes. Listen again. We've got the the podcasts. You can find us under PHCC Dudley on iTunes or you can uh, get all of the podcasts uh, through the church app. Get that. Listen again to what is going on because whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. James 1.26, and I'm just going to close with this verse. This is the last one we're going to look at this week. It says this, Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. We, we kind of like have this kind of in, in the modern church. We've kind of got to this point where we don't like the word religion, okay? Anybody kind of say that? And when you read the word religion, you go, oh, and people talk about this uh, the idea of, you know, it's a relationship, not religion. But in the true meaning of the word, uh, it's to do with the same, it's the same lig as it goes in ligament. It's about joining, okay? It's to rejoin reality, to rejoin with what we were made for. That's what a religion means. Those who consider themselves to have rejoined with what they were made for. And yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues. Deceive themselves. And their religion, their faith, their Christianity is worthless. Do you know what? The world is watching us. And sometimes... We're the only view of Jesus that they're going to get. The world is watching you. I'd hazard a guess that, that people know that you meet day to day, that you go to church, that you profess a faith, that you uh, say you're a Christian and you, you want to follow what Jesus has for your life. Well, you might be the only experience of this way of life. That the people around you ever see. So, you need to keep a tight rein on your tongue, on what you say, because they're going to hear that as the words of Jesus. You need to keep a tight rein on what you put on social media, you need to keep a tight rein on the way that you live. You know, maybe it's a tough message in parts this morning. But if we're being snapped by the paparazzi, they're going to pick our worst moments. And they're going to use those to set up these stories about who God is, about what it is to be a Christian, about what the church is. We need to be ready to live a life, to live our faith where the world is watching everything we do. We're going to pray. Let's just stand together because we're going to worship at the end of this. Lord God, thank you that you are an amazing God. Thank you for this book uh, of James in your word. Lord God, thank you for the advice it gives us. Lord God, thank you that it's not just easy advice. It's not just uh, sugar-coated advice, God, but it's real and it's true. And God, I just pray that you uh, would speak to us through what we've heard this morning, through what we've read. And God, over the next weeks, as we continue to look into this book, as we continue to find this wisdom and these these life hacks for Christian living, Lord God, I just pray that you would open us up. Lord God, to see the things that we need to change, to see the things that we're doing that we need to do more of. God, just be with us. Holy Spirit, I just pray you come and you meet us now as we worship. Lord God, you'd both convict us. And remind us of who you are and what you've done. Lord God, you remind us of that crown of life, that prize that you have for us. Lord God, us people who don't deserve to have it. Lord God, thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.